This is Robert Mardalaji, Chief Digital Curator of the Mindshare Learning Report, Canada's Learning and Technology e-magazine. This podcast is brought to you by C21 Canada, Canadians for 21st Century Learning and Innovation. I'm honoured to have joined me for a Mindshare Learning Moment, Dr. John Malloy, Director of Education from my alma mater, the Toronto District School Board. Uh, Dr. Malloy joined the Toronto District School Board on January 4th, 2016, prior to this his position, he served as Assistant Deputy Minister and Chief Student Achievement Officer with the Ontario Ministry of Education. Good afternoon, John, and thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join me today. Thanks, Robert. It's great to speak with you. Congratulations on the new role at the TDSB. What inspired you to take on this challenging uh, position at the helm? Well, I've been a resident of, of Toronto for close to 25 years, and I know that there are amazing educators in, in this board. There are engaged communities that really want to do great things for students, and I love a big challenge. So all of those things came together, when, and I was asked to consider this. I thought it would be a great opportunity to bring about some change, uh, to leverage great things that were already happening, and uh, to move forward in a, in a positive direction for the City of Toronto, the students of Toronto, and the families of Toronto. Uh, it, it, it timing is everything, isn't it? It sure is, and it's a great time here in the Toronto District School Board right now. Everywhere I go, there's an energy. There are people who, who want to do great things and have continued to do great things, and, and I'm finding that the first four months have been really positive ones. Well, and speaking of which, uh, I had the opportunity to take in the Unleashing uh, Learning Conference a couple of weeks back, and you shared the, the new vision of 21st century learning with the TDSB, and the, the energy uh, was amazing. And perhaps you can share uh, a little bit about how that vision evolved and what that looks like. Well, one of the things that I learned early on in my uh, first or second month here in Toronto District School Board is that... As I said earlier, there are so many great things happening and people working very diligently to create new and transformative learning environments, exploring with technology, figuring out what it means for students to own the learning. There's a lot that's happening here. But what my question was when I arrived was, what is our vision? What is our TDSB vision for learning? In other words, that every one of our uh, staff and every one of our students would know and understand. And that's where I learned that it would be really important for us to leverage all the good work that's been happening into something that really holds us together. And that's where we decided around the significance of the three areas of improvement. So what does achievement, when we're thinking about deep learning, when we're thinking about technology, what would a school uh, be able to do in terms of one goal there? We, we thought about the importance of well-being and, and focus there, again, leveraging all that we Absolutely. know about mental health and optimism and resilience and so forth. What mm-hmm. is it that each school needs to focus on there? Because we know that well-being so much connects to the learning journey. Absolutely. And lastly, from an equity lens, who's not achieving? What are the barriers? What might be the bias that gets in the way of that learning? And how do we help staff have those important discussions? So we landed at those those three key areas, and mm-hmm. then we decided that we wanted to leverage everything we know and understand. And the term unleashing uh, came to be because we realized, you know, educators, as we know, are not front and center uh, in every learning experience. In fact, right. we need our students to own the learning. We need our students to collaborate with one another, and together we make great things happen. So that basically became the foundation, Robert. 
That's brilliant. And um, how would you describe your leadership style? Well, this whole vision that we've been talking about is built upon a definition of leadership that might not be considered traditional. So this is my style, but it's one that I'm sharing with all of Toronto District School Board and inviting people to consider their own leadership in light of it. So I don't see leadership as positional. I see leadership as one of influence. I also see leadership as creating space where the voices of everyone the experience and expertise that each person brings has a place to move the agenda forward. And those of us who have positions of leadership truly understand what it means to coordinate, share, certainly facilitate, and in some cases make certain decisions, but not without the collaborative energy that comes from everyone who brings leadership forward. And if we didn't have this kind of leadership uh, where everyone feels they have something to bring, then I don't believe we can move forward on the vision because historically, big institutions sometimes allow their vision to unfold from, if I can use this term, from the top. Absolutely. And this particular vision is one where we're saying, yes, the system has a role to play in creating direction, creating strategy, providing some parameters. However, those parameters need to be wide enough so that what needs to happen in schools and in classrooms in a context that matters really meets the needs of our students. So that's how the leadership vision that I share connects to the learning vision that I hope that we move forward in. Well, it's a great segue into uh, the, the question I had about uh, Rom, Robin Sharma's book, who I interviewed in the past, the, the Leader with No Title. It's about everyone embracing that notion of leadership and the, the spirit of innovation. Exactly. And again, I want to say, though, whoever the formal leader is, right. the, the department head, the, the principal, the, the superintendent, the vice principal, and in my case, the director, we do have a role to play, though. Absolutely. It have to be the traditional role. Uh, where we are telling people what to do or we are communicating direction at, at every corner. We have a role to play, but it's one that pays close attention to the culture in a community, the quality of the learning in the community, and the empowerment of all in the community. So there's a significant role that I say to my principals, for example, you need to play here, but it's different than the traditional role that the principal speaks Everyone listens and implements what they've heard from someone who comes from somewhere outside of the classroom or the school. And, and thank you for that. And it's not unlike the evolving role of the teacher. It's no longer sage on the stage. It's more of a collaborative guide on the side. Uh, would you suggest? Exactly. In other words, I think we, the educators, we play different roles depending upon what's emerging in the learning. So right. sometimes we do have to be a bit more front and center. Sure. Sometimes we have to be way far behind. Other times we're learning with. Other times we're simply observing so we can assess what's taking place. It's, it's ensuring that the role of educator, teacher, leader is one that is fluid and flexible depending upon what's happening in the classroom, the school, or the system. However, students front and center always and our staff who serves our students their learning is a priority as well i love the notion of the student uh, at the center in your uh, graphic that you showed uh, at the unleashing learning conference that's that's powerful stuff 
Absolutely. It has to be the center. If it isn't the center, then what are we doing? And I think that the other thing that's important is for so many years, for so many decades, we have focused on subjects, you know, English, history, math, science, whatever. And this, again, is something we've been talking about for a long time, at least in the Ontario context. What does it mean to create learning environments where students own the learning, students collaborate with one another, but more importantly, we are really getting at those skills of collaboration and critical thinking and creativity, and not just words, but actually seeing evidence that our students are going deeper and also thinking more broadly, which is the creativity part, in everything that they do in a classroom. And and the other piece to that is that they are so engaged because they want to be there, because what they're learning is relevant, and when they do their thinking or their creating, they can actually see impact because it makes some kind of difference to someone somewhere in our school, in our community, or even beyond. Well, I know there's a number of examples, and I had the good fortune of being invited to the McMurk uh, Public School Business Showcase. So to see grade five and six students showcasing their business plans and their products, and I bought this wonderful handmade chess set from one of the teams, the learning was exactly as you're describing it. And well, yesterday, if I can give you yeah. an example, Robert, I was with a number of our schools uh, who were involved in this project where they all created apps. And and what I loved about the student presentations were that they were addressing a significant social problem or some other kind of problem. The ones that are sticking with me are the social problems, you know, adolescence and mental health or uh, attendance and engagement. And then from that significant problem, they developed understanding about why that problem exists, what might be some of the ways in which we could change the impacts of that particular problem, and then they move to the place where what kind of app that could be on a student's smartphone could actually assist with the addressing of that problem. And these projects were brilliant. Fascinating. Fascinating stuff. How important is mentorship to you? I actually think mentorship and coaching are two of the most significant tools that are required for the kind of learning environment we're trying to create. And and the reason I say that is because, and mentoring and coaching are subtly different for me. Coaching is someone assisting me to bring out of me what is already there and Mm -hmm. help me to frame and to form new ideas based upon my own experience. That's what a coach would do for me. A mentor is someone who actually has an expertise that is beyond what I know and understand. It's connected to my experience, but they actually take me to a whole different place. And so that mix of mentoring and coaching is something that I have deeply appreciated in my own uh, career and in my own learning, but I also think is foundational so that no matter where I go in this board, what classroom or school I'm in, I'm watching and seeing people bring that expertise that I talked about, that is right. someone else, that mentors someone else, that then in turn they can do the same. When we create a mentoring coaching culture, we shift, I believe, the very fabric of how we exist together in this learning organization. Absolutely. Very, very 21st century minded. Impressive. You are quite active on Twitter and I appreciate the value of the tool myself. And uh, I often find myself challenged by non-users in education to justify the value. So in 30 seconds or less, what what is the appeal for you? I loved my own ability to search fast and be connected to thinking, research, 
and ideas in a really fast way. That's what I get from scrolling through, you know, twice a day. Secondly, in the role I'm in, I need to be connecting in so many creative ways. And what I'm finding with Twitter is people are following, they are engaging, they're providing rich feedback, and I'm, in, I'm able to actually do some real communication through that tool. So I find both for my own learning as well for my, as my own uh, communication, it's, it's a, an amazing tool. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly there for sure, absolutely. What is the role of technology in the new vision of learning in the TDSB? Thank you for that. How is the uh, Learning Commons STEM makerspace movement being embraced in the TDSB? We have many, many examples of all of these kinds of learning opportunities in schools across TDSB. Now, we have uh, close to 580 schools here. So wow. uh, part of what is front of mind for me is what does every student deserve to experience in the Toronto District School Board? How do we make that happen? What type of learning opportunities does our staff need in order to propel that forward? And how can we move away from that school has a champion, therefore those students have this type of makerspace experience to a place where we've provided opportunities for all students to be able to engage learning in this kind of way. So it exists already. It's being embraced in many places. But in order for our vision of unleashing learning to really take hold, we've got to figure out ways to spread it to all aspects of our system. How will you define your success at the completion of your 18-month term? The greatest success that I would see is that we are an engaged culture of educators working effectively with students and our parents and communities to improve learning and well-being for all. That to me is key. So I'm really focusing on how we work together, how we learn together, how we share leadership, and then what happens in the culture uh, in order to, to move the improvement forward. That's one key piece. The second key piece that I would believe would be success is that each and every one of our staffs in every one of our 588 schools really believes that they have been given the space to be professional, to share their expertise, but in the context of collaborative learning in the school, 
that local school communities need to take ownership for the improvement journey. And in our case, it will be the deep learning and achievement supported by technology, the well-being, and the equity uh, conversation, as I suggested earlier. There needs to be ownership of that, and that will be what I watch for. So the notion of the culture which drives the learning and leads to the improvement and the clarity of focus with the improvement that allows people to take ownership of it. Those are the two key areas that I'm going to be looking for growth in, and then that I would suggest would define our success over the next while. Well, you're off to a fabulous start, I must say. Thank you. It's been exciting. Uh, Lots of energy, as I said. Probably one of the greatest uh, learning opportunities for me. And I'm the type of person that as long as I'm learning, uh, the sky's the limit on what I'm interested in doing collaboratively with the people here. Fantastic. Any final thoughts to share as it relates to leadership, learning, and technology in the 21st century? I would simply say that uh, leadership, as I've been defining it, is paramount, that learning is an experience that demands the mentoring and coaching that we discussed, and and my last comment is we simply have to continue to push the envelope so that our students leave our schools every day excited about what they've learned, interested in coming back, and being able to connect beyond the walls of the school as often and as regularly as, as they can. So those would be my closing thoughts, Robert. With that, I thank you so much, uh, Dr. Malloy, for your inspired conversation uh, this afternoon. Thank you. It was great to talk with you. That was Dr. John Malloy, Director of Education for the Toronto District School Board. Be sure to tr- uh, check out www.mindsharelearning.com to get your latest issue of the Mindshare Learning Report. My name is Robert Mertolacci, and until next time, keep the learning curve steep.